Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 105 at Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Vancouver, site of the 2019 NHL entry draft, which will take place Friday. I'll be live at the Chorus Studios uh, today. That's where I'm at right now in beautiful uh, Vancouver. It is beautiful here, by the way, today. Uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday. And then Friday afternoon, we'll have coverage, which begins at uh, 4 o'clock Edmonton time from Rogers Arena. The Oilers currently with the number 8 overall pick. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. Uh, you can text us on our Heartland Ford text line, Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan when not your small town dealership with a new huge state-of-the-art facility experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Follow us on Twitter at Oilers Nor. Uh, now I'm available, Bob underscore Stoffer. To our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, we welcome back friend of the show, uh, hard-nosed uh, analyst of the Washington Capitals, and I did not know this, but a heck of a lacrosse player back in the day as well. We welcome back Al May. Hi, Al. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Bob. It was good to reference good old lacrosse season. I wish I could remember the teams I played for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost that many brain cells over the years, did you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I guess I never thought about it enough. You know, you look back and you always, you're always you always referring to your hockey teams. And it's uh, just looking back, it, it, I kind of amazed myself that I forgot all the different lacrosse teams I played for and the, the names of the actual the associations over all the years. Well, we had a, about an hour-long conversation one day after the air because we were getting people texting the show talking about uh, a couple guys, uh, Brendan Gallagher's dad, Ian Gallagher, uh, and I think I relate the story to you. Uh, my wife's father, uh, Tom McCaskill, started the Gold Bar Miners, and I just remember moving to the city, uh, Al, from the county of Strathcona, and the Southside Athletic Club coaches pulling me aside, and they said, 
don't cheap shot or hit uh, the uh, lacrosse guys late because they don't fight fair. <laughs> and so all the kids from the southeast part of the city, because I was a southwest kid, they all knew uh, when that when uh, to, to have your head on the swivel in practice, not to watch yourself make a pass or something like that, because those uh, those lacrosse boys might uh, line you up with uh, uh, a late hit or a cross check. Uh, and I, I'm going to ask you, is there a truth to that to a certain degree? Were they... Were they the crazier guys to deal with? Well, they they were always the better team. So it was, and they they had some really big guys in their team that weren't that talented, but they were really really mean and vicious out there. But the greatest equalizer when you're a skinnier, smaller lacrosse player is how well you can shoot the ball at someone. And if they keep shot you, that was the old record. They said, next time I come down the floor, you're getting it. And you take the ball and hit the person with it. You just take it, a hop, skip, and a jump and a shot. And uh, you would just annihilate someone. So it, it would they wouldn't they would think twice about before ever cheap shotting you again. So probably not too politically correct to share that, but that's the way I used to have to do it back then. Now you told me I did not know this. You were a smaller kid, is that right? Growing up? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, my parents are the biggest. Uh, my my dad, I'm a, I'm like a foot taller than, and uh, I had some late growth spurts. I think it was five two when I got my license. I was five seven. Uh, when I was 17, and when I started junior hockey, I was five seven. I had a growth spurt when I was like 19 or 20 years old, and I didn't crack 200 pounds till I was 30. And uh, I haven't been able to crack 200 again, but I'm I'm trying. <laughs> that is, you're five foot seven at 17. Yeah, that is that is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you, you played 400 games in the league, and you were a fighter. You were five seven at 17. Oh, I was uh, five seven at nine. <laughs> and I haven't been able to get under 200 pounds since I was 14 either. So, anyhow, yeah. uh, oh, awesome that stuff. Was, that was always the 200 pounds is always the magic number. Coaches be telling you to get to it, and you know, I don't know for what reason it doesn't change how well you play. And then as you get older, they're trying to tell you to get to 200 pounds, but it's to go the other way. And then the rest of your life, you spend trying to just stay 200 pounds so you can live longer and live healthier. I, yeah, well, that's uh, Steve Smith's line to me, right? He said, Bob, I just want to tell you this. When Steve traveled with the Oilers, I just want to remind you, there are very few old fat guys. <laughs> you got to get your weight down. So I'm going to I'm gonna work on it, Al, in July and August. That's all I'm going to tell you. Hey, uh, there's been lots of movement in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Washington Capitals have been busy. They traded Matt Niskanen. Um Let's start there, uh, and then we'll eventually morph into the Philadelphia Flyers. Andre Burakovsky's name is out there as well. So tell me about the Niskanen trade and why that deal was made, did you think? Well, the number one reason it was made is that, you know, he signed a long-term contract, a seven-year deal for $5.75 million, and it was win a Stanley Cup, and it was to win it sooner than later on that contract. He was brought in with Brooks Orpik, and they, they were able to win a Stanley Cup with it. Now, with the salaries being paid to some of the forwards and John Carlson and the Braden Holby contract that's got one year left, you know, that was probably the easiest move to them to be able to shed some salary. He's not their number one defenseman. He's not their number one pair, but he's on the, was on their shutdown pair. But they felt that after they got Nick Jensen and they got him, you know, as the trade was announced, they also had him signed on four years, two and a half million a year. So it was... It, finding a way to move Matt's contract out of there, elevate Jensen to the second pairing, and then you bring in Gudis for the third. But, you know, the great story about Matt Niskan, I think it needs to be told, and everyone needs to know it, is that when he was originally offered contracts when he was a free agent in Pittsburgh, he was offered by an NHL team 
70 or 7 million. And Matt didn't want it because he said, you won't win a Stanley Cup with me getting paid 7 million because then you can't afford to have a number one defenseman. I'm not a number one defenseman. I could be a number two to a number one, but I'm a second pairing guy. And he goes, I don't even want to make six, he tells his agent. And his agent's one of my best friends. And as that deal was made, and the, the caps came up and they offered six million. He didn't even want the six million, so they agreed upon it. They go back, you know, the agent hangs up the phone, talks to Matt. The team calls back and say, "Hey, could he go to five seven five? And they end up going to five seven five. And the reason was that Matt is such a team player and thought about winning this and kept so much that he found out who the other guy was that they needed the money for. So they could sign him, and it was for Brooks Orpik to come in there. So that would give the Caps five legitimate defensemen. Mike Green was still on the team. Carl Alsner, guys who you know since departed, but it gave them five defensemen from the year before, where they used fourteen under that horrible Adam Oates era. They had fourteen defensemen. Most guys shouldn't even got one game in the NHL, and you know, they, you know, good for them that they did. But Matt Niskanen did that for the team, won a Stanley Cup. He bears no ill will to the Caps for trading because he was brought there to win a Stanley Cup. And I think right now the Philadelphia Flyers are a way better team for having his veteran presence, his leadership style, the way he plays the game. He's going to be a great teacher, mental, and still a great player for those young Flyers defense corps. And uh, all of a sudden, in the last few days, they look like a, a team that will definitely be in the playoffs next season. All right. So this was a salary dump for the Capitals. Is that fair? 100%. 100%. All right. Andre Burakovsky, and just before we get to Burakovsky, I want to read a tweet that uh, was sent out by Tom, uh, Tommy Sapola. Uh, this is, uh, he's quoting Marcus Leto, the, because I'm going to tie it into Burakovsky. He's quoting Marcus Leto, who's the agent for Yessa Poliarvi. Marcus Leto says, it doesn't make sense to go back where we were last season. It's not good for either side. Discussions have been about parting ways have been going on for weeks. Yessa needs a fresh start, and it's nothing against the Edmonton Oilers. So on that note, the Capitals have a player who seems to be sort of mired in a similar scenario to Pugliarvi, and that is Andre Burakovsky. Um, what is going on with that player, and do you think he's going to be traded over the course of the next week and a half to two weeks? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded by before the draft starts on Friday. And I love the kid. The amount of improvement I've seen out of him, has been phenomenal. And this year after the trade deadline, because for some reason his name got out in the media early, which it normally doesn't happen in the, with the Washington Capitals, and it was leaked out uh, in Western Canada, one of the teams that they were talking with, and it really affected him. But I thought after the deadline, his, his quality of play in all areas of the game drastically improved. I think by the end of the season, he was their best back-checking forward. He was their best forward at protecting pucks on the wall. He's one of their fastest on a team that has a lot of fast forwards. He's got a great shot, but he was mired on the third and fourth line all season long, playing left wing some games, right wing the next, you know, playing with guys who weren't playing well themselves. It affected him, but I think after the deadline, he really came out and it just all of a sudden he started to focus on the puck protection, the back checking, the defensive awareness on the ice. And so I think whoever trades for him, uh, whether it's the Edmonton Oilers or however it works out, whether it's draft picks or prospects for him, they're going to win the trade. And the Caps are well aware he's not going to be in the top six. They've got a top six that's signed, sealed, and delivered for quite a long time right now. Jacob Rana will get a new contract extension, probably a five-year deal. And, you know, he's going to be a third and fourth lines. So they're going to get a kid. The coaching staff, I don't know if they trusted him this year. I felt it was un- they were unfair to him a lot of times. 
but I think whoever gets this kit is going to reap the benefits for years, and he is going to tear it up. And I'll, I'll say if he went to Edmonton, he was playing left wing or right wing with David and Drysaddle, however they end up doing that. He'd end up in the 30 goals, and people would be shocked that he was ever traded. And, you know, it could make the Caps look bad a lot. Like, not as bad as that Forsberg trade years ago. But I I think whoever gets him, if it's a a team that's well-coached, that has quality, high-speed players that they can play with him, I think that he's grown up enough in the last season that he is going to tear it up, and it's going to be one of those things that the Caps are going to have to hear about for years. Do you think Brian McClellan would take yes to pull Yarvey in a deal for Andre Burakovsky? You know, I have no idea, but the one thing is is Edmonton's going to have two open spots. I mean, not Edmonton, but Washington will have two open right-wing spots. I think Brett Connolly will be out of there. He's going to get offered too much. You know, and their team that's got to worry about Verona and a couple other contracts the following year from now. Uh, and then Devontae smith Kelly. I do not think he will be back. He's fallen in favor from the way he showed up in training camp last year. Never got himself in the condition that he needed to be. Never had a high-quality or a level of play that he had the prior season before, and certainly nothing near close to what he had in the playoffs a year ago. So that would be a team that's looking for a right winger. And I think it's a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier for a player to play on an American team, especially out of the, the, the NHL spotlight, like a Washington or a St. Louis or all these other places. And I, I just think it'll be really important. You know, it'd be, it'd be easier for a Pugliarvi to be able to play anywhere in the United States and not have to deal with the social media, you know, the mainstream media, uh, you know, what the fans are saying, what the radio shows are saying, because they all listen to it. They shouldn't. And it affects them. And, you know, these guys that come over and English isn't their, their, their first language. And, you know, I just think it's really hard to get going as a young player. And I don't think he was brought up right to begin with. And I never thought that was handled. You know, he was handled correctly and he got off to a tough start. So maybe he does need a fresh start. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And I'm convinced that he'd look fine in a Washington Capitals uniform. I'm just wondering. Productive player. Yeah. Yeah. From a cap perspective, it kind of makes sense for Washington. We're joined by Alan May, a longtime NHLer and has worked the last uh, decade plus as an analyst uh, for the Capitals television broadcast. Bob Stoffer with you know what it's now. I was going to ask you about Brett Connolly. Look, Jerry Johansson's in uh, Vancouver. Uh, He's going to be meeting with uh, Ken Holland in the next couple days. Um, he's also going to be meeting with Julian Breezebaugh because he's got Braden Point, who he needs to get extended. He just got uh, Coburn done. You know how that works, Al. You know those two discussions where Coburn and Point are connected. Um, so Brett Connolly, uh, hey, I mean, the Oilers need that type of player as well. They got to improve their top nine. I, I don't think Connolly's a lock-loaded top six, but I think he's a really good third liner. Would you agree in that assessment? A hundred percent. Now, you know, he's not a top six guy, in my opinion. Uh, he's, not, he's not necessarily great at anything. He's got, he's got decent skills in all areas. He can get up and down the ice quite well. Uh, got a nice shot. He, he's bigger, but he, he just doesn't have the dynamics to be in a, in a, a really good top six or, or top six that'll win you hockey games and get you into the playoffs. But he's a great depth guy. And you see, 
the teams that win, they've got depth. And you have to add depth players. He is, a, he is a quality skater. I think he'd be an upgrade on a lot of Edmonton's third and fourth line guys. Uh, he's a guy that definitely is going to have a lot of interest because he's put the puck in the net, uh, improved career highs over the last two seasons. He's bested everything the year prior, years before. So he's a guy, you know, one of the things about him, he's got a great positive outlook. He doesn't get down on himself. He doesn't create slumps for himself. And so, you know, he, he's not a bad person in the room. He's an excellent citizen in the community. So where he goes, I, I think he'll have success, but he's not going to go out and get 30, 40 goals. He's a guy that's going to get his 20 goals. And I think that'll be, you know, throughout his 20s, he should be a 20 goal scorer every year. He had 22 this past year. So did Alex Chason. Who's the better player? Well, Brett has more of an upside in the skating department, but you know the, the grittier of the two players, the guy that gets to the interior, is Alex Chason. And uh, one of the things I, I've told you time and time again on here is one of the reasons I really liked Alex Chason in Washington. I did not like him in Dallas. I did not like him other places. I didn't like him in Calgary. I didn't. I, I didn't like his approach to the game. But I think he really figured out the last half of last season in Washington, and he improved all year long, is he got the puck out of the zone, he was defensively responsible, he was so tough on the wall, and he's going to be in that top 20% of players in the NHL at getting to the front of the net and battling hard, and he's figured out how to do it, when to go there, so they both serve different purposes, but you know, I, I would take Alex Chase on, if you can have him on your fourth line contributing on the power play He's not going to hurt you out there. I think he's responsible. There's no pretty in his game whatsoever. He's not a pretty skater. Right. Uh, he's, you know, it, it, he's like he's very stiff in his movement. But if you look at how he's able to protect the puck in the wall and how he battles to the front of the net. And the players in the dressing room love him. I know Alexander Ovechkin absolutely loved and was crushed that he was able to leave. And, you know, he's just one of those guys. His teammates always love him. And I think the Oilers have to definitely find a way to keep him. Well, he's gonna. I think he's gonna end up uh, seeing what the market's out there for him for Pat Morris's uh, uh, agent, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Al, while we got you on the air here, the Philadelphia. Uh, I want to talk about a couple contracts. We're hearing Truba is going to be coming in in the eights with the Rangers, eight million and seven million for Kevin Hayes. Um, wow, that's all I got to say on that one. Well, the, the Truba one, I won't be surprised by what he gets. And you'd be wondering, and you know, I've always wondered, you know, why he's been in Winnipeg so long, uh, because he made it known to every Canadian team at the draft when he was drafted that he wanted to play in the States. Uh, and him to go to New York, he's got the attitude of a number one defenseman. I don't know if he necessarily is. I still think there's some deficiencies there. Uh, but he, he, I think he's going to he's gonna do very well in New York City. But on the other side of it, Kevin Hayes, uh, he does make Philadelphia better, but at the same time, to me, he's always been a frustrating player at, at whatever salary he's making. Now that he's making the money that he is, uh, you see a lot of players out there making that type of money. They're, they're far more consistent. Uh, he, he doesn't put up big numbers. He's a guy that's had to be poked and prodded, and even Vigneault had to poke and prod him playing for him, but he adds depth to their team. But I think that's a ton of money for a guy, in my opinion, as a third-line player. Uh, he is big. He has all those things, but I'm not sure how much I noticed him in the playoffs in that brief Winnipeg playoff stint. Uh, not enough. And, you know, there's a lot of times. I know he's always played well against the Capitals, but when I'm watching the New York Rangers in the past play against other teams, I didn't notice Kevin Hayes so much. So that is somewhat a baffling contract. I figured for the term he'd get a lot less than that. And if he got that type of money, it'd be for a lot shorter term. 
So that that one I'm kind of shaking my head at. And uh, I, I don't know if he helps them. He doesn't help them anywhere near as much as the contract of Matt Niskanen and bolstering that defense on the backside. All right, just to wrap up, Al, so what you're saying is uh, you would not be surprised if Burakovsky is in play before the draft or during the course of the draft on Friday night, and you do not envision Brett Connolly returning to Washington? No, no, not, I, I think there's, they're going to have some roster spots open, and they're going to be, you know, whether the Burakovsky will be treated for prospect and picks or just straight-ahead picks. And whoever gets it, in my opinion, will win the trade. Great stuff, Al. We appreciate your time. We'll touch base maybe before free agency, okay? All right. Take care. Good talking. Hey, enjoy the lake. Thanks for your time. That's Al May joining us, 123 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout, come back, and get to some Heartland Ford techs at 630, 630. This is Oilers Now. Did not know this, that we get roughly 200,000 downloads of our podcast a month, including 20,000 from the United States. The things you learn. All right, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. This text comes in after Craig Simpson's appearance. He says, Bob, the dry saddle pull Yarvey comparable by Craig Simpson maybe give him a standing slow clap. Excellent point. And uh, he put it in a very effective manner. The fact that uh, Dreisaitl went back to junior, went there with the, uh, you know, the impetus to be the best player he could be and move forward from there was the WHL Playoff MVP, Memorial Cup MVP. Another text, Bob, we got very lucky with Leon. He was regarded as the best player at the draft by a lot of hockey people. He is a great player with McDavid. Uh, he is a good player on his own. We need a third-line center. That comes to us out of the thriving metropolis of Barhead, Alberta. Was that not Ken Kowalski country back in the day? I also don't get Kevin Hayes' contract. This one comes to us from Kenny and Stony Plain or Payne Truba that much. I'm a Flames fan and hope that Kachuk was uh, listening to the conversation about taking a discount to win a cup. That comes to us from Kevin from Stony. Well, these RFAs are going to get big, big money. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, what about uh, Nikolai Ehlers or Corey Perry as an oiler? You know... With healers, I might be inclined to save some money. Maybe there's a better player available next summer. Who knows? Bob, would uh, Colorado Avalanche take Paul Yarvey and the eighth for the fourth, and the others could pick Bowen Byram? I don't see that happen. Sorry. Again, you can text us at 630, 630. All uh, We are going to head off to a global uh, news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Ben Kuzma from Post Media out of Vancouver. He'll give us sort of the uh, Vancouver perspective of the upcoming NHL entry draft. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.